Oh, it's Grammy watch, baby. The Grammys. The Grammys. They're happening right now. We're not watching them. That's fine with me. I feel like last year we had this where you're like, Cameron, I'm not watching the Grammys right now. I know. It's two years in a row. We're recording because we're we're not watching the Grammys. I'm not watching the Grammys because we're recording. See, you did this to yourself because yesterday, Saturday, the day before the Grammys, I said, do you want to record tonight or tomorrow night? And you said tomorrow night. It's true. We actually had plans last night, but then because of other people, but I won't get into it, our plans ended up getting canceled. Okay. So we watched Kung Fu Panda and let our son stay up late. You know, that's a good time too. It was. It ended up being a very delightful night. I, last night, started playing Persona 4 Golden. My favorite video game of all time. And fell asleep on the couch pretty early. Oh, Poor Yosuke. He's not boring. It wasn't boring. I was just tired. I was thought I was going to have to ask for an intervention because I was playing this mobile game called Merge Mansion, and uh, I was addicted to it, and I was like, I'm going to have to ask Chance to stop. Make me stop. Okay, I will. Um, then I started having te- the Tetris Effect dreams where I was in my dreams merging things, and, and I woke up absolutely miserable because of it and just instantly deleted the game. Yeah, I actually... Um... One of the reasons that I haven't gone back to, even though I really want to, uh, Splatoon, is mm-hmm. because when I play the game Splatoon, I just dream about Splatoon splats. Like, <laughs> it's everywhere. terrible. The Tetris effect. But anyway, it's the Grammys. It's the Grammy watch, baby. Any we got to talk about all of the hot goss. Uh-huh. Really, the only hot goss about the Grammys this year is that um, that A, B, C, D, E, F, U, and your uh-huh. mom, and your dog, and your sister, and your cousin tim i guess um that song was nominated for song of the year and people are like really that one that one that's really the only like hot grammy like controversy this year bummer yeah but really that song yeah it's it's a bad song what are the others that are up for it um let's take a look i know i want lizzo to win for about damn time well yeah that's a great song. In a minute, I'm gonna need a sentimental man or woman to pump me up to such um, a song of the year. The ABCDE. I don't know many of these. The Beyonce song is very good. I mean, honestly, right? Right. Um, I I, I got I got pull them up myself. Um, I'm looking. Oh, over yeah. things. I'm clearly just out of the loop on everything. Um. Yeah, Lizzo's about damn time is the one I want to win. Um, I think all too well the ten minute short film version. Taylor Swift has a good shot. Um, I actually really like Bad Habit. I haven't actually like sat down and figured out if like I'm ashamed of that or not. Um, okay, I don't know what that is. You haven't heard it? It's pretty good. I'll play a little little snippet for you. Yeah. Wait. It can't be any worse than when we listen to Nobody's Angel in O Town. Um. Covering the Pokemon world. Oh, yeah. That was real bad. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Um, we have been giving our son a lot more um, ability to like pick songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that meant that my uh, Spotify was blocked for explicit. So I had to undo that real quick. You got to unblock the explicits. Yeah, it's kind of funky. Yeah. 
That's all right. I like the guitar. Like the boppiness of it. Mm -hmm. The Black Keys had a new album this year. Did they oh, I, wasn't, I didn't even realize that, actually. I haven't liked one of their albums since El Camino, though. El Camino is so good. They really yeah. only had one after that, which was Turn Blue. Really? Which wasn't... And then they broke up after that. But apparently mm. they're back together. The big thing is ABBA had a new album this year. That's I up for like a lot of too. Apparently the Black Keys lost Best Rock Album to Ozzy Osbourne. What year is it? Machine Gun Kelly's not rock, is he? Yeah, he's he's almost solely pop punk, like pop punk rock now. That happened a few years back. Mm. His first his debut in it was really good. Um, it's been pretty bad since then. Is... Oh, Sam Smith and Kim Kim Petras won for Unholy. Good for them. Good for them. Harry's House won best pop vocal album. Um, I have no thoughts on best new artist. Normally, there's like. Yeah, of course that person's going to win. Like last year was Olivia Rodrigo. Of course she was going to win. I don't recognize any of these names. Um, I've heard Anita, her song. It's pretty good. I can't imagine anyone else winning. Um, but maybe some of them have some big groundswell that I don't know about. Maybe. Um, album of the year. I feel like Beyonce is a shoo-in for it or Adele 30. I don't see anyone competing with those. Um, Coldplay, they're kind of Grammy darlings, though. They could come out and surprise you. I did not know Coldplay had a new album, and I have not listened to it. So Yeah, I kind of fell off of them after um, Every Teardrop is a Waterfall, whatever album that was. I don't remember that one. It's been a long time. Their last two albums are actually the only albums of theirs I've ever liked. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll check them out. I used to like them back in their piano rock days. Yeah, they're they're... They're not that anymore. Um, but uh, Journey of a Lifetime, loved that song. Okay, here's the here's the real rub of the Grammys for me. Okay, the best score soundtrack for video games. It's brand new. It's it's, it's a brand a new terrible. It's an absolute garbage list. Uh, let me see it. I haven't even I haven't even looked. But it's a brand new. Uh... Yeah, this is the first year they've ever done it, and it is abysmal. It's insulting. Oh, good. Kendrick won best rap performance. Sorry. I thought you were about to say, oh, good, because the choices for the video game soundtracks. No. Ah, man, but Jake won best rap song. Kendrick should have won that, too. Jake, I'm sorry. The Kendrick stands are going to kill you. I mean, I mean yeah, and he's better, but I'm, I'm looking for the, I'm looking for that, uh, whatchamacallit. Here's the, here's the category. Here's the, the, whatever you call them. Guardians of the Galaxy. Which wasn't even original stuff. The, the video game might have been. I'm not sure. I feel like it was... A, like Everybody talked about the needle drops of that one and all the basically soundtrack for it. Mm, okay. Um, Call of Duty Vanguard. No. That's Assassin's bad. Creed Valhalla. Mm-hmm. Aliens Elite Fire... Or Fire Team Elite. And Old know. World. Oh, and Call of, or Assassin's Creed Valhalla one. Yeah. I'm like, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. right there. They didn't even pick it as like an option. Yeah. There's no real thought or consideration that went into any of it. Well, yeah, not with anyone who knows anything anyway. You know, I had I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up a Grammy's tangential conversation for a moment. Okay, good. I'm on it. Um you know, I was looking like the first thing when you type in the Grammys is like who looks the best dressed at the Grammys? All that mm -hmm. who did? 
all that jazz. It's like always the first thing that comes up. Mm -hmm. I, who like, did though? Um, I think they were saying Lizzo. I don't know. Um, but it got me thinking that there's like a like a movement going on right now. I guess I'll call mm -hmm. it a movement. It's kind of like a building on the body positivity movement, but it's actually yes. like more of like a body neutrality movement. Um, and their whole thing is like maybe we shouldn't be putting like like value on appearance at all. Maybe it's not like mm -hmm. I'm big and I'm hot. Maybe it's just like I'm me. I'm a I'm a human being. Yeah, like it, it, the idea is kind of more function over form. Like like my form functions, thus it is good. Uh -huh. And my initial reaction to this is like, well, that's dumb. Like we might want that, but it's never going to happen. Like appearance is so baked into like culture and then i kind of felt like fox news dummy uh -huh. because i'm like wow just because i can't foresee something or i have these preconceived notions like suddenly i'm like you're dumb and that can't be real yeah how dare you chance um <clears throat> so i i went through a kind of a, an emotional roller coaster but then when i googled grammys just now and i saw the list of like best dressed i'm like well but i mean fashion like how someone looks in some somebody thing like that's just such big business like the richest man in the world right now is a fashion mogul oh it's not elon anymore no well elon's lost like 200 billion dollars the first person ever i believe yep he, he is although zuckerberg is like right behind him in the same <laughs> a race for the bottom um no it's um the guy who owns gucci i want to say I, I don't know. Let me look. All I'm saying is I'm looking at some of these looks right now, and I just want to wear that. I don't know who this man is. Miguel? I don't know. But I just want his outfit because here's what he has. A white, I'm guessing it's a tank top. Blue jeans. Blue jean denim boots. It's almost as if the blue jeans have the boots built into them. Ooh, love that. And then a denim jacket, and then like a long floor length, dragging on the floor denim duster hoodie combo that has a, like a hat brim built into it like a baseball cap love and it's that. just it's a powerful it's a powerful image it's, it's a power look um the guy who is the richest man in the world owns louis vuitton hennessy and sephora uh-huh so hennessy like the alcohol i don't think so i think they're watches but i could be wrong like the small town in oklahoma yeah yeah, he, he could probably that. own that Hennessy. It, it, I'm sure it's not worth that much. <laughs> Harry Styles' uh, look is sure interesting. He's been doing that look a lot lately. The like, almost like a feminine pantsuit, mm -hmm. like with a with a low cut bust. Though he has no like, he has no boobs to fill it out. Right. He's been Man doing that. Or yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's a good look. Don't get me wrong. It's a little too loud for me. Um, yeah, it's not my favorite either, but it works for him and people love it. I certainly don't have the confidence to pull it off myself, but no, you know, more power to him. Lizzo looks radiant. Yeah, she's good. Love that look. Cardi B's also on the list. That is a very fun dress. Very elegant and sophisticated that she's wearing. Makes me think of a waterbender. Oh, okay. Anyway, there's our Grammys fashion watch. Grammys fashion watch. Hold on. I'm going to look at the top like five. This is the podcast before the podcast. 
It's always the podcast best. You just have to use this. Oh, woof. Okay, I see the waterbender comparison. Did you see Miguel? Not yet. I want to create a Pathfinder character whose um, heritage is denim spirit. Denim spirit. And this is what he looks like. Oh, did you did you know that Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox were a big thing? Uh huh. Okay, I'm just making sure you knew. I don't know who Fat Joe is. Oh yeah, he's Joe. He's just fat. Oh, this is quite the look, Miguel. Yeah, I, I would call this. I would call this um, denim punk. Yeah, there it's you like go. A, a world, a, <laughs> a fantasy reimagining of the world where we achieved the highest form of clothing, and that was denim. And then technology stops progressing. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Apparently, this is Shania Twain, and she looks like a cow witch. A cow witch. I have to look this up. Shania Twain looks like a cow witch to me. Wait to see. Oh, yeah. That is a fair description. Whatever you guys at home think a cow witch would look like, that's what Shania Twain looks like. That's it. She nailed it. She um, slid the uprights. Now I'm going to have, the thing is, I'm going to have to download pictures of all of these and post them on our Instagram after the episode drops. Yeah, you are. And just say, hey, here's all the stuff that we <laughs> were talking about. I think our big ones are Cow Witch, um, mm-hmm. Denim Punk, Waterbender, Waterbender, um, and Radiance. Which one's Radiance? Lizzo? Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, that's true. She does a very radiant. I love it. And um, I guess Harry Styles. Yeah, he looks fine. Whatever that is. I don't know. But yeah, I just don't know. I, I don't know if we could ever overcome that appearance thing. Because like, even like fashion is such a big thing, right? Yeah, but maybe we could. Maybe. Maybe you should dream with me. Dream. Uh, dream. Instead of shooting my hopes down, like the United States shot down a Chinese spy balloon off the coast of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Oh, are we, we're talking about this now. <laughs> I, I legitimately turned to my wife after I was listening to, I think it was the the uh, Secretary of Defense said, like, the, the question is uh, when, not if, we're going to go to war with China. I was like, uh-huh. do we need a world war three plan like do we is this something we need to come up with because that seems weird Mm -hmm. not not a fan of that (laughs) don't don't love that i was like i mean ireland isn't a nato country so maybe it'll be like maybe ireland (laughs) maybe it'll be safe yeah no one's really gonna bomb ireland south africa maybe yeah yeah, well, really, the Africas will all be kind of safe. Australia? Well, no, well, Australia's never safe. <laughs> it has its own problems. <laughs> Australia's the one con- continent that everything on it wants you dead. <laughs> the world's biggest alligators and crocodiles. The That stupid pain plant. The needle one? Yeah, it, like, it's a plant covered in the same material that makes up glass has little spikes and each one of them is filled with venom and if you touch it you will feel it like it will cause you pain every time your skin gets wet for seven years yeah i'm not going to freaking australia new zealand um i don't know i'd have to look it seems much nicer we'll figure we'll figure something out and we'll let you all know we'll figure we'll figure something out because we'll come to it was just never a never a great Never a thing I wanted to have a discussion with my wife about. Oh, oh well. 
brought to you by Louis Vuitton, maker of platform elevator shoes everywhere. <laughs> Unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Boyming's World Fever. I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. I was very puzzled for a second. And you <laughs> saw my puzzlement. I did. And you just gave an answer right then and there. <laughs> I didn't know who else made elevator shoes, and we talked about Louis Vuitton, so here I am. Here we are. Two mentions in one episode. Yeah. Good job, LV. <laughs> free promotion for the richest man in the world. <laughs> hey, it doesn't have to be free. Get at us. Get at us, Louie. <laughs> I, I assume your name is Louie, Mr. No, Baton. I was just looking at his name. His name is Bernard. Bernard Arnold. Arnold. Arnold? Arnold. All right, Bernard. Have your people reach out to our people. Yeah. Money, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to get that Women's World Fever bump. Everyone's going to start buying all, Louis all, all the things we mention on this show. Just. Uh, I do think Gen Z's uh, proclivity for name brands is kind of fascinating. I don't know what to do with it. I just think it's fascinating. I'm sure, I have no idea. They love their name brands. I could see that. I mean, working with middle schoolers, which are kind of the younger end of that. Well, luxury brands are taking a huge spike up in popularity because of Gen Z. Like, kind of status brands. I mean, mm-hmm. we talked about it, the Lululemon thing on the mm-hmm. show a while back. That's kind of part of that whole deal. Yes, makes sense. Yeah. So our we're the thrift shop shop generation, and the g- generation coming after us is the luxury brand generation, <laughs> or maybe the generation that sees World War Three. <clears throat> Why not both? <laughs> Believe Why it not branded both? combat helmets, <laughs> Gucci grenades, <laughs> Gucci grenades. Uh, yeah, you know, Champion Tomahawk missile. What's it's not really a luxury brand, but it's a popular brand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did get complimented by another man for wearing Hey Dudes the other day. That was weird. I have no idea what that means. That's a type of shoe that Nikki bought me. Oh. Hey Dude is a show on Nickelodeon about a dude ranch. It's true. No argument to anything otherwise. Hey, dude. (laughs) Those, um, the two of the main characters in that have a Hey Dude podcast. Um, that's like a sister podcast of Pod Meets World. Uh-huh. Um, but they don't really talk about Hey Dude. They more talk about like early nineties. Yeah, I can't imagine the draw for a Hey Dude <laughs> podcast would be super high. Yeah, but a lot of the like, actors from Hey Dude, if memory serves, actually went on to be pretty big. Oh, good for them. And we oh. shall look them up right now. Let's look them up. Hey Dude show. Do, do, do. From 1989 to 1991. Yeah, David David Lasher. Lasher, Lasher he's a pretty big name. Kristen Taylor. Um, Is Joe Torres? That name sounds familiar. I don't recognize that one. But no, everybody's only credit is, hey, dude, he's quite the opposite. <laughs> Never mind. But I, I, I don't remember totally, but I just know that there's some bigger names. Who knew? Just a little stepping stone. I was more of a salute your shorts kid. Mm-hmm. I liked both. Well, in case you were wondering at home, this is actually a Boy Meets World rewatch podcast. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to watch the show and then come and talk about it. Yeah, See and we did. Up to this point, we've had a pretty good success rate. 
Hundred percent. What you what you eating there, cookie? What kind of cookie? Chocolate chip. Nice. It's the best cookie. It really is. I forgot I brought these in. Well, I'm glad you remembered. So my the thing that my my wife and I like to do is play Borderlands Two, mm. like a lot. And there's a character in Borderlands Two called Tiny Tina. Um, she actually got her own spinoff game called Tiny Tina's Wonderlands um, because was- they did like a they did basically like a D and D themed DLC on Borderlands Two. That's like the best thing mm-hmm. um, in the whole game. And then they made a whole game of that essentially, like a whole new game. Um, I've heard the new game is not as good as people wanted it to be, though. I, we have it. We played a little bit of it. I mean, it's different than Borderlands, um, but it's fun. It's fine. A little different, though. Um, but the character of Tiny Tina is maybe the funniest video game character ever. Mm. Um, and I, there's no reason she should be incredibly juvenile. She talks like, hey, my homies. Um, just like, just non like nonsense. Shouldn't be super funny to me, but I just and find myself cracking up about her all the time. But she has a mission in another DLC where you're she's your trainer throughout this like these arena missions, and she's like, "Your job is we need some good foods. So you got to break into the arena and steal some snacks." And there's chocolate chip cookie vending machines Ooh. throughout the stadium, and you have to go and get them all. And then when you get to the end, she's like, "Hold on, what are those? Those aren't chocolate chip cookies. Those are oatmeal raisin." No. Destroy all the cookie machines for having oatmeal raisin cookies. I mean, it's just great fun. I love a good oatmeal raisin cookie, but don't trick me. Yeah, be honest about it. I really thought you were going something um, Boy Meets World based with that. Uh huh. Um, you didn't though. Well, you started. I started to, and then you brought out chocolate chip cookies, and that's just where my mind went. I love it. Um, we'll get a Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks podcast first. Tangent podcast second, Boy Meets World podcast third. Man, we talked very little about Garth Brooks. Then. I feel like he's come up more than once. I mean, yeah. Maybe he should be a, a target for us. You've met him multiple times. I've met him twice, yeah. Didn't know who he was the first time. My son loves his Greatest Hits album. And he loves to listen to the one about the rodeo. And it's very cute because he's just in the back seat and he's like, Cause it ain't no woman, flesh and blood. It's that damned old rodeo. And my my wife and I just look at each other and laugh every time. We um were playing Bad Bad Leroy Brown in the car today, uh-huh. and Asher really loved it. He, he didn't know what the word was, but he's like, "Badder than a king Kong, meaner than a junkyard dog." And he was just singing along, and then it went came to he was like. Bad Leroy Brown, baddest man in the because uh, uh, uh. <laughs> he words were. It's just very cute. Damned old rodeo, which that's a great song. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Boy Meets World and by George for thirty minutes in. I'd say it's time. It's time. Why don't you give us that good good synop? We're here talking about. Season 6, episode 19, B, with two E's, true. So on one side, Jack and Rachel have a thing where we realize Jack is insecure about his height. It's nothing. It's, um, yeah. the, the end tag is something that I think about all the time. Of You're too short for her. Really? For some reason, it's just a thing that's always imprinted in my brain. Um, and on the other side, we got a Philly shenanigan, baby. I guess. 
the shenanigan, to end all shenanigans, uh, the dean has been, or Fiend and the dean have been meefing, and it's time to take it to the next level. Eric is like, Dean and Fiend need to stop meefing, and they yeah. need to get together. And so he gets Feeny to do that, but then who should show up but the dean's ex-husband come to try to win her back. Yeah, um, a real Indiana Jones type. Yeah, exactly. Complete with the colonialism. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. And the Turkish Museum across the street from the Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah! Don't jump ahead. I'm sorry. Initial thoughts, Chance, on this episode? Um, I was not looking forward to it. It was pretty good. Yeah, I actually really, really liked this one. Um, I'm not really, really, but it was, it was good. Good. I laughed a lot. Yeah. I, my wife was like, you you laughed out loud several times. It, it was just really fun. It was the It's weird because of all the serious things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Now to kind of have this where it's just like none of that has happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is weird because we get callbacks to a lot of it. Uh-huh. But, you know, it is what it is. And I had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did as well. It was a little weird. Yeah, it doesn't fit in with the overall arc of the season. Yeah, and tonally, like, I don't it's know. It, well, it's just such a strange, like, tonal episode. Like, this is like, what if we took the Stan Stan the Plumber Man plot, like, how that how that felt, the craziness. That was just the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Um, much better done. Yeah. Stan Stan the Plumber Man. Sorry, Stan. We don't stand Stan... Hey, it's fine. It was whoever decided that those two plots needed to air together. Um, that, I feel that like this is better. I feel like this isn't yeah. just nonsense. I, it's but pretty much. Stan Stan the Plumber Man, the entire situation was just ludicrous. What? Yeah. Okay. It didn't make any sense. This is like, there's some heart with the Mr. Feeney trying to get a fire lit under him to mm-hmm. get his booty. Yeah. She's not my booty man. And if she was my booty, I wouldn't be talking about it in front of the whole class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, so I, I just feel like it succeeds in every way that I feel like last week's Stan Stan situation just didn't work. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't care about Jack and Rachel. Let's just no. cut it out. But I will say, this is what I'll say. Okay. Eric's evil plan seems to be working. It does. Because not just in terms of those two characters, but they are completely isolated from everything else that's happening in the show. Mm-hmm. Their little thing doesn't touch in any way or cross with any other characters in the entire show. By no. Eric leaving and being removed from the apartment, he's like left them to kind of sit in their own like togetherness. Mm-hmm. And like we realize and the, the cracks are starting to show. I guess, mm-hmm. if you will. But why are all these old women living in college housing? That is the question. What if, what if, the witches... The witches didn't get their youth! They didn't get their youth. They're we old. know that there was a ton of women witches living. Yeah, there's a lot. And they didn't get their youth. Cameron. They aged very rapidly. Done. That's why they were stealing from that apartment. Because they ruined their youth. Mm-hmm. It and probably happens broke, a lot. You broke the, the mold wide open. I know. I'm pretty good. It, what what was the good. witch's name? Candace Cameron Burr? Um, Candace Cameron Burr. I think that was her name. <laughs> um, 
What was her name? Melody? No. Boy Meets World. What was her name? Millie. Millie. Of course it was. Yeah. It's her coven. Which is probably Millie Malevolence. It's all right there. It's her coven. Of course it is. Yeah. They've all just rapidly aged. Because they didn't get Satan's tail. They were chasing that tail. Didn't happen. Okay, sure. Hey, the show put it right there. <laughs> okay, we got the biggest mystery in this episode figured out. <laughs> it's not about African bees or human brains in jars. No, it's why are there all these old women? Yeah, why were all these old women in a college apartment? Well, people <laughs> avoid college apartments like the plague. She's too tall for you. <laughs> they really don't think so. They're just mad. Yeah, they're they're just trying to hurt. They're just trying to hurt Jack's feelings. Jack's feelings, yeah. It's like you steal our immortality. We give you self esteem issues. Yeah, exactly. Fair, fair is fair. Problem solved. Um, yeah, it's right there. It's it's it, it's not even subtext. It's just text. It's just text. It's all. It's just there. Come on, people. Um, this whole plot. Uh, Rachel nice. doesn't feel like a real couple because um, all they do is. Uh, make out in the apartment. Um, Jack is insecure because she's so much taller than him, um, but she he doesn't tell her that. Um, so they decide to go dancing, even though Jack doesn't want to. He buys elevator shoes. It's a funny visual gag. Yeah, I guess. He like comes down the stairs, and it's like clearly he's very tall. Mm-hmm. They're like eye level, and she's like, "What's going on?" And then finally, the camera cuts back, and he just has these giant platform shoes on. Yeah, it's a, it, it it's an okay visual gag. It's yeah, it's funny. It's very obvious what's going to be there. Yeah. Um, and then she says, oh, you're embarrassed of me because I'm too tall. He's like, no, it's because I'm too short. Yeah, you're not the problem. I'm the problem. Hi, it's me. <laughs> it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Um, she says she doesn't care about their height. He gets confidence. They go out. An old woman tells tells him that she's too tall for him. Uh-huh. and She's too tall for you. Then we, we get the tag at the end, which apparently you want to talk about. Not really. <laughs> I never said it always that. stuck with you. Oh, it's just uh, I always remember she's too tall for you. <laughs> That's all. Well, yes. Yeah, so the tag at the end, they've had a great night. They get off the elevator, and another old lady is getting on the elevator. And says the line, she's and too says, tall for you. She's too tall for you. Jack tries to attack because... I mean, these people tried to kill him. It makes sense. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it's all clear. It's not overreacting. No, no. You tried to um, kill me, and then you come at me for my height. I hope yeah. the cable. I hope the cable breaks. I hope the cable breaks. We're only on the fourth floor, so you won't die. You, you, you might be immortal anyway. I'm not sure, <laughs> but you will be in agony for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um. And then they open the apartment door. There is a masked very short stocky person uh-huh um feeling their stereo yeah but it looks almost like a car stereo yeah it's like they they took the console but not the speakers yeah i whatever <laughs> and um jack has a baseball, baseball bat and he's gonna club him but first he wants to unmask him it's another and old woman <laughs> it's another old woman it's another member of millie's coven and she says She's too tall for you. And what if that's, that's Millie? What if they're all Millie? What if what if they're all Millie? We're just her. It's probably just her. 
It's probably just um she's still got the hots for Jack and she wasn't too tall for him. Yeah, she's just like all of her friends were saying it for her to like kind of buff up her ego. Mm-hmm. And then she has to get the final final jab in. Yeah, well see now I just want to jump ahead. Okay. Romance World again. I didn't watch this, but there's only I feel like only one episode of Romance World where Jack shows up. It's true. And we realize that he's a bad guy. Yep. Um, what if through this subtle chipping away at the foundation between Jack and Rachel, she ends up with Jack and that's why he's evil. It could be. It could be. I think Millie wins in the end. Well, yeah. I mean, she only gets Jack, but yeah. So, you know, I don't even call that a consolation prize. No big loss for humanity. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's maybe true. Maybe. Hashtag Jack and Millie forever. Jack and Millie forever, literally. But we are going to now take this subplot and we're going to drop it into the dream drop bucket. <laughs> Which um, is a trash can. Where it belongs. <laughs> In the dream drop bucket over here. Yeah. And hopefully we won't need it later. <laughs> we already established it does come back up because of the Millie stuff. Yeah. But that's it. That's it. <laughs> we're going to put it in the dream drop bucket, which is a trash can. Um, and now we're going to get onto the real meat and potatoes of the episode, mm-hmm. which is I I do feel like it is a Philly shenanigan. Yeah, um, I guess so. And it's also, I mean, I've been watching, this should come as no surprise to you or to anyone. I've been watching a lot of community lately. That's never a surprise. No. And, you know, that's a show that does a lot of great tribute episodes. And I feel like this is Boy Meets World's own little tribute episode with this little Godfather shtick. Yeah. Which is very funny. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. It's it's pretty good. Uh, it's hard. It's hard not to love it. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, I will say that this episode is a bit of a whiplash after last week. Uh-huh. Um, just with the whole Tommy thing just happening to see... Eric just without a care in the world being a goofus for an entire mm-hmm. episode is interesting. Yeah, I thought of that too. And I think what we're seeing here is Eric running from his pain. Yeah, I thought that too. Like doubly so. Because originally, yeah, he hung out with Tommy when Jack and Rachel were around. But when we really see him spending a lot of time with Tommy is when he moves out. Mm-hmm. And so he as sad as it is to say, kind of uses Tommy in a way to sort of not have to think about this triangle that he's in mm-hmm. or was in and is, is now no longer in. It's just a line and he's not in the line. Um, yes. Triangle square. Um, but then Tommy's gone and now he's like, well, dang, I've got that hurts even worse. That, hurt, that hurts worse than the <laughs> Jack and Rachel of it all. Um, well, I got two things that are making me miserable. What can I do to not think about those? I know. I'll help Mr. Feeney. And mm-hmm. then we get this episode. Yeah, he's pouring all his attention into Feeney, um, trying not to think about his pain. Mm-hmm. And it man- manifests in psychosis. And a pretty funny episode. Yeah. So he's sitting at a table. Eric is sitting at a table in the student union. And Mr. Feeney walks by and he's like, Feeney, here, sit. And Feeney's like, Eric, you can't talk to me like that. And he's just like, it's about the Dean. And he's just like, oh. And he just sits right down. <laughs> yes. And he's like, 
you gotta go faster. And Feeny's like, it takes a, a deft hand and a patient heart to woo a woman like Dean Bolander. Uh-huh. He's like, you clearly have the hots for her. I would not reduce the feelings I have for Dean Bolander to the hots unless, unless she uses that term. Unless she used that term. <laughs> um, and he's like, sort of lovesick Mr. Feeny is very funny. It is. It is. And he's talking about how he's got a careful plan. She's like an orchid. You have to handle it with care. Nurture her. And then the dean walks in with Topanga and Angela. For some reason. (laughs) Yeah, that part's weird. And she's like, you don't have to convince me, girls. I like the man. I need him to pick up the pace. And they're like, well, you know, maybe he's confused. She's like, I'm sending him signals. And Angela's like, maybe he's just not noticing them. Are you being subtle? (laughs) She says, I hiked up my skirt at the seminar. (laughs) And Angela well, responds with the greatest line in the whole episode. Damn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hiked up my skirt at the seminar. Damn. <laughs> yeah, and um, then it cuts back, and Eric's like, he who hesitates is lost. And uh, Feeney's like, or he goes, it's now or never. And Feeney's like, now. And he goes over there to... Well, what he says is, <laughs> he's like, every moment you wait is another clogged artery. <laughs> like, I do have high cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then he goes, it is the now or never. And then he says now. Yeah. And then he, he walks over there and he's like, Dean Bolander, can I talk to you? And then the door opens. Mm-hmm. And he, I believe his name is Curtis. It is Curtis. That colonialist pig. <laughs> White supremacist Curtis. Mm-hmm. Fortune hunter. Oh, and he, she, he, uh, get, reveals a very important piece of information. Dean Bolander's first name is Lila. Mm-hmm. Lila Bolander, the eighth oh wonder of the world! Yeah. And so <laughs> when she's like, ah, Curtis! And she goes to hug him, and Feeney's like, she seems to know him. <laughs> <laughs> she seems to know him. And, and, and Eric's like, no. Yeah, and then uh, she's like, this is Lyle, this is my friend and colleague. Mr. Feeney, his name's not Lyle, his name is Curtis. Curtis. So she introduces them and he's like, oh, so you're an archaeologist. He's like, I wouldn't use that term. Um, well, first, before that even happens, he's like, oh, Mr. Whatever. And he's like, oh, what's with the Mr.? It's Doctor. Yes. And I was like, ooh, I hate this man. Yep. Which I already knew because I've, I've watched it before. Yeah. He's a jerk. Then he's like, oh, so you're an archaeologist. He's like, that makes me sound so fuddy-duddy. I prefer fortune hunter, adventurer. But most importantly, Lila's ex-husband. And <laughs> Eric's like, ex? That's that's good. Yeah. Well, you, you, you you're that. Ex, you're good. And he's like, and I'm here to win her back. <laughs> you know, you've been alone a long time. Maybe just like a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get Kind of the the gem of this episode, I would say. Uh-huh. Eric has a hat in his hand. This is important. And is talking like like an Ashkenazi Jew. Uh-huh. He's a little bit, he has the cadence a bit of a Frankie Stacchino. Yeah, it's like Italian Jewish. Like, uh-huh. He says like mustn't a lot. Yeah. He's like, I come to you for Feeney's sake. Uh-huh. It's like, I need your help. <laughs> he turns and he's talking to Corey and Sean. Corey and Sean. Sale. <laughs> you, why would you come to us today on the day of our big sale? 
Well, because I just found out about it five minutes ago. Like it just happened. <laughs> but he is trying to convince them to pull a shenanigan to get oh. Beanie and the Dean together. Uh, the, the, they are hesitant. And my, the best part of this whole scene comes when he says, I come to you with my hat in my hand. That's my hat. It's, oh, it's my, my hand. hand. <laughs> <laughs> we get a strange mention here of Corey being on probation. Yeah, because he had a teacher. <laughs> He's like, and, and I'm out of here. And Sean goes, Eric, I've just spent $68 traveling around this country of ours. <laughs> I've learned two things. Do you want to know what they are? And Corey goes, why don't you tell him what they are, Shawnee? And then he looks at Eric. I love <laughs> He's like, I, I love turning around, not being worried about what, who's looking over my shoulder, not being worried about who's behind me. And this man walks behind him and he's like, huh? <laughs> he's like, and the other thing, don't park a trailer on, on railroad tracks when those things are down. So I guess confirmed Sean lost the trailer? magic trailer is destroyed by its natural enemy other than tornadoes. Let's say tornadoes would be trains. Okay. That's what they don't tell you is he stopped it there. The train was coming, but then a tornado came and sucked up the train and then sucked up the trailer. Oh, so, okay. That's, that's fair. It's the only way to defeat it. But the magic trailer seems to, seems to be gone. Um, yeah, confirmed Sean destroyed the trailer. <laughs> but it is it is very clear in this scene that all three of them are just having such a good time. Yeah, all the boys are having it. Um, and the boys are like, we're legitimate now. We're in the bake sale business. Um, <laughs> we can't do this. And Eric's like, this is for Feeny. Um, and they're like, I'm sorry, Eric. He's like, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed to call you my brother and Sean. My brother and Sean. And he grabs a cupcake and just shoves it all in his mouth and then runs off. And then Sean's like, he ate the paper. He ate the paper. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. It's I don't really understand it. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make sense why it's here. But it's funny. I'm so glad it's here. This is maybe the funniest thing on the show. It might wait. Mm, At least this season, definitely this season. <laughs> yeah, pretty easily the funniest thing uh, in season six. I don't know about in the show. Okay, I'll give I'll give you that. Um, then it cuts to um, him teaching in the classroom, um, and he's like, "And now the cursed Ruby is no longer with the what you call it tribe. It's with it's, an it, it's a museum across the street from a hard rock cafe." And everyone cheers. Everyone cheers. But I think this is the moment he lost Lila forever. She's an educated woman. She knows. She knows. She knows. She knows that the British Museum has been requested multiple times by multiple cultures to return people's precious artifacts. Mm -hmm. They aren't yours, Curtis. You had no business taking that from Chief whatever. You think you just can take whatever you want because you're white? I think he does. Yeah. Oh, I think he does. Lila's like, Curtis, you're a white supremacist. He ruined it for himself. Yeah, exactly. I say everyone cheers. Eric does not cheer. Eric does not cheer. And he rebukes Angela and Topanga uh, for cheering. Uh -huh. And so he finishes up, and then Feeney is like, 
this is interesting and the way that it brings us to our topic today, something archaeology in Crete. And then old Curtis is over there like, ah, he's killing it. The profundity or something like that. Um, he's just being mean to Mr. Feeney, just being like, oh, yeah, so it's, you know, it's much safer to just read a book about these things instead of having to actually do something. And then it cuts and sitting next to Eric were Corey and Sean all along. And like the Godfather music is playing, and they're just like, perhaps this man needs our attention. <laughs> yes. So they decide. They decide that it's time. Yeah, then they break break character and say, "Let's let's not get caught this time, like we do all the other times." It's a good goal. Mm-hmm. Does it happen? No, we'll never do until the end when we tell. You know what's going to happen, listener. You, you know. You already know. It's a Philly shenanigan. We know how these things go. Yeah, they end with Corey on a stage with a guitar playing the name game. <laughs> they all have, weirdly enough. And that's what happens <laughs> in this episode. They all end like that. <laughs> At the end of the episode, he's like, Feeny, Feeny, Bobini. <laughs> <laughs> Feeny's like, oh, I can't stay mad at you. <laughs> you know the way to my heart, Mr. Matthews. <laughs> Matthews, Matthews, Bo Matthews, Banana Fanna, Fo Matthews, Me, My, Mo Matthews, Matthews. <laughs> um, we we oddly don't use the name game version of the show. No, we should do that with every time we have a guest. Now I'm changing it up. <laughs> changing it up in the fifth hour, huh? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm gonna forget that by the time we ever have a guest again. Um, Alden, Alden, Bo Bonden, <laughs> Balden. Tanya, Tanya, Bobanya, Banana, Banana, Fofanya, Me, my Momanya. Tanya. Um, love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Can't think how this would be a bad change. No. To our brand. No. A late change in your established brand is important to keep things interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um. Anyway, where were we? What were we talking about? Uh, I don't know. So this is their plan. Corey and Sean enact a plan. Yeah, this is where the, this all falls apart for me. Like, it's so dumb. They go in to where he's storing his stuff and vandalize it. What? To to entrap Mister Feeney and frame him. That was never their intention. A crime. It was their intention. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. That just happened. It was 100% their plan because they know that they're always going to get caught and they're always going to get caught by Mr. Feeney. And so they use that to their advantage to entrap him. No. Yes. That was that was accidental at best. They are criminal masterminds. No. And by that, they're masterminds of understanding their limitations of themselves in a television show. Because Sean knows. Sean knows he's in a TV show. That's so true. He in a certain way. He's like, if I do this and I'm going to get caught by a teacher, there's only one teacher in the school, and that's Mr. Feeney. So if the teacher catches me, and there's only one teacher, ergo, Mr. Feeney has to catch me. Well, I don't know. Aristotle couldn't come up with any sounder logic than that. Uh, mm, mm. <laughs> I'm right, and you're wrong. I'm big, you're little. I'm smart, you're dumb. Oh, wow. Danny DeVito. I feel very bad about myself right now. Good. I was channeling the dad and Matilda. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was so mean of me. I've heard Matilda the musical is very good. I've heard so too. 
Maybe I should watch it. Maybe we should watch it. You're the musical guy. I'll report back. Report back. We can watch it together. I started watching Kunk on Earth today. Don't have any idea what that is. It's very funny. I don't, it's not, her name isn't this in real life, but she's playing this character called Philomena Kunk. And she is basically looking over the history of the world. Okay. Um, and just going and talking to all of these experts on different topics. And it's just so dry and hilarious. She's talking to a, like an Egyptologist and she's talking about pyramids. And she's like, why are pyramids shaped like that? Is it to stop homeless people from sleeping on them? And what? I'm like, well, there actually weren't a lot of homeless people in ancient Egypt. And she's like talking about it. She's just like, okay, but how did they build pyramids? Did they start at the bottom and work their way up? Or did they start at the top and work their way down? How, how, how would you do that second? It's, it's, just, it's just ridiculous and very silly. And she's like looking at cave drawings and she's like, these aren't very interesting. And then she's like, did anyone ever make a movie about a cave drawing? A story in a cave drawing? It's called The Prudes. Um, it, you just you have to watch it. It's very funny. Okay. And she's like talking about empires and she's like, but when you think about empires, there's one that comes to mind above all else. Star Wars or Rome. And since this is a show about history, we're talking about Rome. Mm-hmm. I just love that it to stop homeless people from sleeping on them. It's very, it's very funny. Okay. You just need to watch it. It's on Netflix. Apparently. It's, it's worth a watch, everyone. Okay, you heard it here first. Kunk on Earth. Kunk, kunk on Earth. Watch it. That's a thing, apparently. It is a thing. You should check it out. Okay. Kunk um, on Earth. And it ties in with our archaeology stuff that we're talking about. Uh, yeah. I don't know how we got there, but you said, oh, you're watching Matilda. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I'm watching this, right? It's very good. Um, if you love Kunk on Earth or Matilda the Musical, or you want to weigh in about whether or not this was Sean and Corey's plan the whole time, or whether it goes horribly awry and they just adapt, uh, let us know. Yes, but I'm right. This was the plan all along. was to get caught. I don't think so. I think it has to be the plan. Just the way, the matter-of-factness is which they do some of the things. They just know. They know this is the way it's going to be, and this is how we're going to do it. But they're messing around. They find a brain in a jar, and they're like, is this the world's first, this is the world's first brain? Yes. Because <laughs> they're so stupid. Yes. And Sean's like, hand me that Phoenician whatever, whatever. And that Phoenician he, mallet. And he hands them something, it's like, no, that's a Babylonian dental tool. <laughs> and then he's, and he's, tries to hit the jar open and it breaks. He's like, ah, there's hundreds of them are still around. And then he's like, hand me that statue of... Well, he says he can get them another one at Bed Bath and Phoenician. Oh, yes, Bed Bath and Phoenician. And then he says to give him the statue of... I forget who exactly, but he nails it because the dean later says who it is and it's the same. Yeah. And he tries to smash the jar and it just shatters. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, there's still six million of them out there. Home Shopping Network. Home Shopping Network, six million. Mm-hmm. And then they get the brain open, and Corey's like, wow, the world's first brain. What separates us from the animals? Yeah, Sean, we have an animal brain. We have an animal brain. <laughs> and he's like, like yeah. And he's like, of God's creation. Think fast. <laughs> and he throws it at Sean. And Sean's like, Corey, you broke the world's first brain. That's in half, and he's like, "Do you want personality or motor skills?" 
And then they get the brain back into the jar. And they're like, we better hide this. And they drop it and cr- smash another jar that had there's a bee gets released. Huh? There's a bee that gets released. Yeah. An African killer bee, we learned. But we don't know that yet. No, we don't. It's like, oh, there's a bee. That's weird. Mm-hmm. And this is when the master plan, the Ocean's Eleven, switcheroo, where they already robbed the casino and they were playing tapes, pretending like they were robbing it. I just spoiled Ocean's Eleven for everyone. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, the twist, the prestige, if you will. Mm-hmm. Sean says, let's let a little air in. And he goes to open the window and Corey says, but Sean, doing that will set off in. And he opens it and an alarm goes off. The way he says it so matter-of-factly, it's like they know exactly the way that it's going. This is the same sort of energy that we see in B&B's B&B. Where again, yeah. Corey, knows, Corey knows the way that things go where they just get caught. So he's like, we're going to use that to our advantage as we enact this plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Corey does know how it's all going to go ahead of time, but I don't think he's like willing it to go that way. I, I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. They know they're going to get busted by Feeney and are going to be able to frame him for this crime. Yeah. Feeney comes in and he's like, who vandalized this place? And they go, you did. And we're telling. And they run out. Because how did they get the door locked if they didn't know? How well, I think it was just locked from the inside anyway. How did, that, that doesn't make any sense. They there were trapped locked from the inside all the time. It's probably because the school's a joke school. Well. Because we, we see Mr. Feeney, he's teaching this class about archaeology. And then... We skipped over it, but he's teaching a class about quantum physics? Yeah, he does teach a quantum physics class. That's true. Because <laughs> he's the only professor? I guess. So he just teaches... And Eric is in the class? Well, no, he's not in the class. But he's there. <laughs> Mr. Feeney's teaching. He's like, oh, quit hiding behind your books. <laughs> yes. He's him like, Him teaching quantum physics was quite... What's happening here? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing now, Feeney? You can actually draw a pretty direct line that Feeney pretty much only teaches like history slash social studies. Mm-hmm. Like he stays in that field. Because we all know he knows nothing about literature. Yeah. We saw how badly he butchered Romeo and Juliet. He did. It's true. From the jump. From yeah. The- He's good in his lane. Archaeology makes sense. They're talking historically. Maybe it was a history of Western thought class and they just happened to be on like the development of the harder sciences. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. But Eric is talking to him about how he needs to like cut it out. He needs to get his acts together. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, you're in a, Ed, you're in a triangle, Feeney. That's when he makes the square shape. He's like, it's someone who's been in a triangle. It's like, I know how it is. He's like, he hesitates his lost Rachel. <laughs> just like me. So oh, no, like <laughs> and that's when Feeney is awoken. He's like, oh, I need to do something so I'm not like Eric. Yeah. And um, then we get the whole Feeney mm-hmm. coming in on the boys thing. Yes. And then and they leave. They come back with Dean Bolander and Topanga and Angela for some reason. Yeah. The Topanga and Angela is weird. I don't know why they're there. I guess they needed him there for Corey and Sean's alibi. Yeah, I guess. I guess. And Feeney's like, they broke it. 
And they're like, we've been upstairs selling muffins all day. They're like, Miss Topanga. She's like, it's true. That's where they've been all day. Um, and then Eric says, this was obviously an act of passion. Um, an act of love. Obviously. And Dean Miller's like, was it? Wasn't an act of love? <laughs> uh, I guess so. Yeah, he's like, I guess I guess so. And then who should come in? Curtis. White supremacist McGee. Curtis the colonizer. Curtis the colonizer. He's got lots of names. Mm-hmm. Curtis McGee, the colonizer. Um, he comes in, he's like, where's my bee? Like, what are you talking about? The boys are like, uh-oh. And so this cements this in a very particular time. Because I remember there was a time in the late 90s when everyone was freaking out about quote-unquote African killer bees. Mm-hmm. Which I like looked it up. And that's not really what they are. They're just like an African honeybee that crossbred with like some European bees. Um, and their stings definitely hurt more. Um, and like you could have obviously an anaphylactic shock, uh, anaphylactic reaction, just like a regular bee. But maybe it was a little more intense. Thus the name killer bee. But there was a time in the 90s when everybody was freaking out about these things. Mm-hmm. Just like murder hornets a couple years ago. No one really ever cared about the Mets. I think we cared because there were so many things going on and something called a murder hornet was just so extreme sounding. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like the name murder hornet with the worldwide quarantine was like, of course. Of course there's murder hornets raining from above. Why not? But no one was ever like, oh, the murder hornets. This is a big problem. I think they were because they were worried about bees. Well, but like all the people in the know know that like Bees are kind of an invasive species here anyway. But we like them. It's like, it, it's complicated. Nature's complicated. It is. It is. Um, but he'd found this, because earlier he'd said like he'd made a discovery that was going to change the course of the new, new millennium, millennium, which is another thing everyone in this time was talking about. The new yeah. millennium. Because we're in early 99 at this point. Yeah, we are. Wow. Yeah. We're we like, from 92 to 99. 1999. Um, but turns out he found this African killer bee that had a reverse migration pattern. He's like, if we breed that with the ones that are here, then they will migrate back to where they came from. Problem okay. solved. And he'll be rich. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes, and so he's looking for the bee, and where should it be? Put on Dean Bolander's neck. And she's allergic to bees. Of course. So he's like, don't move. And she's like, I'm allergic to bees. It's like, so you'll puff up for a little while. This is my little prize. And Mr. Feeney's just like, oh, stop it. And he just grabs it off of her neck. And he's like, oh, <laughs> ow. <laughs> and he goes, um, I guess this is yours. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no, don't die. And he's like, where's the zoology department, Curtis is. And it's funny, if you noticed, uh, most of them, I think they're like Eric Topanga and Angela point one way, and Sean and Corey point a different way. <laughs> uh-huh. That's true. Like, they don't know. But also probably they don't have a zoology department and or Mr. Feeney is the head of it. <laughs> Mr. Feeney is definitely the head of the zoology department. <laughs> and so he's not going to help. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot you can do once that a bee stinger, if it rips out and rips their guts out. Does it? Is it that dramatic? I think that's what happens. Uh-huh. But with, uh, with most animals, a bee sting doesn't kill the bee. But humans have a thicker skin, and a bee stinger isn't actually like a needle, like we think of it. 
it's more like a screw head. And so in a thicker skin of like a human, it gets in there and because of the screw shape, it gets stuck. Mm. And so when bees sting, there's a good chance of it being stuck in and then pulling out mm. and the bee dying because of that. Also, only female bees sting. Yeah, I knew that. But there's a complex process, an internal hive process of that becoming the queen. So I don't know if this would necessarily work his plan to mm. crossbreed the bees because but the queen bee is different. Bees are one of those species, right, where if enough of the females die, the men can like genetically turn into females, right? And, and, and anything's possible. I'm pretty sure it's bees. They can like <clears throat> the man, the 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 queen can like release a hormone compound that turns some of the men male drones into female bees. That's just that woke BS that I just won't stand for. <laughs> it's pretty woke. Transgender bees, get out of here. Transgender bees. Um, you know that's very interesting. If you're looking to know more about bees, because I think they're pretty fascinating. Um, there's a book called The Way of the Hive. Let me just look up who it's by. Way of the Hive. We're doing bee book recommendations. I am. Um, it's by. Jay Hostler is a graphic novel, actually. I read it towards the end of last year. Um, it's really just very interesting. Um, it just kind of talks about, you know, the growth of bees, kind of the way the hives work and the different jobs that bees have. But it tells actually this really touching story about um, just the nature of life and death. Oh. That I just, I found to be really poignant and beautiful. Um, and I think it's definitely worth definitely worth giving a read so this has been boy world b-sides Ooh, i love that about all things b um but mr feeney gets stung by a bee and mm -hmm. the bee probably dies yeah probably so sorry there curtis i'm not why you're like you, the premises get out of here why don't you go rob some more tombs or whatever we punch or right this premises go be tried by the hague for your crimes mm -hmm. i'm ready for it i'd watch that episode it's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. yeah um but so then the is just like that's the bravest thing anyone's ever done you know she's quite smitten uh-huh <clears throat> and they kiss yeah and the, yeah eric's like kiss her <laughs> he's like oh okay <laughs> and so he does and then it cuts to him and her at the coffee table well, she touches his hand before that Sean and Corey are like, and the best part is we'll never get caught. We never got caught. Then it cuts to them washing windows. <laughs> yes. And he's in like, orange, in orange jumpsuits. We, we got caught. We had Feeny, but it's chick, though. <laughs> it's like we've washed 700 windows. Yeah. And she touches his hand and he's like, ow. And she's like, oh, does it still hurt? A little. Do you want me to? Please. And she kisses his hand. <laughs> like, all better. And then apparently Eric is being punished too. He hired them. I, I guess. If Does you know that? I'm sure it all came out. His chick, man. It all came out in the wash. He knows. She knows these things. She, she said one of the things that first really interested in her and Mr. Feeney was how much his former students cared about his happiness. Mm -hmm. and so that was always an interesting to her. Oh, how sweet. So sweet. So sweet. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Feeney and the Dean aren't meefing anymore. No, they're 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 hand kissing. Hand kissing in the student union. 
That's pretty. That's that's pretty far, Feeny. Pretty far for pretty fast. Yeah. Maybe you want. Maybe you want to slow down and yeah. not do that in public. Hand kissing in public. Get a room, mm -hmm. you two. Get a room. We have left out the most important part of this episode. Uh huh. Um, the most important part. The title. Yes. What is it? Be true. You've got to be true. The obvious inf inspiration. <laughs> And I'd be doing that acoustic guitar So by now you're probably wondering What's going on? Because this is really starting to sound like one of those rap songs Well, let me tell you what the boy's up to You see, I like rap music and the beatbox group Sometimes, I gotta admit I close all the doors and wave my arms around And I face the floor But then I cracked up laughing I gotta stop and just face the facts The boys don't give pop You see, I grew up in a state where the grass is blue So if it's gonna be believable, it's gotta be true It's got to be true Gotta be real, what I say I believe It's got to be true Even when the light of the deal is watching me It's got to be true Every single minute of every day Anybody's ever gonna look at me and say and that song inspired both the title of this episode and the white supremacist vibe. Stephen Curtis Chapman. Yeah, who's maybe not a white supremacist, but that song definitely is. He seems okay. Yeah, that well, song, though, definitely of the time. <laughs> I've been doing that acoustic guitar thing. This is really starting to sound like one of them rap songs. That's white supremacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it was about a year ago that there was someone who it's interesting because he actually came and performed at the OSU BCM, like our freshman year. Who? Maybe our sophomore year. Do you remember Ross King? No. It's fine if you don't. Um, but he is kind of in that contemporary Christian music scene, but he was just like on Twitter one day, like, Hey, you want to know who's um, like white supremacist is terrible in the CCM world? And people were like naming people. And someone said Stephen Curtis Chapman. He said, no, he's all right. And so that yeah. made me happy. <laughs> you got to be true. Um, that song rocks. Um, it makes me uncomfortable too. So do that what you will. Yeah, you know, we like to live on the edge here. <laughs> the edge of uncomfortable racial tension and songs that are really fun. Mm-hmm. All right, but here we are at the best part of our show when we rate the episode. And so here we are. Be true. I'm going to give it a nine. Whoa. You know okay. that Jackie Rachel stuff isn't good. It's nothing. But it doesn't work like the last episode where it brought the whole thing down. No. I laughed like constantly. The scene at the bake sale is one of the best things of the whole season in terms of comedy. Um, and I just really love it. I love the episode. I think okay. it's really um, If the Stephen Curtis Chapman song was in it, it would get a higher score for me. 
Well, obviously. <laughs> Got to be true. Um, 7.5? Okay. I had a feeling you'd be in that range. 7.5? It's fine. Um, I do enjoy the bake sale scene a lot. Um, Sean and the Phoenician mallet are very funny. Um, I kind of care about Feeny getting the D. Mm-hmm. I like a nice W for, for Fiend. Um, well, I don't know if we've mentioned it, but that's his real, real life wife. Yeah, his real life wife. Did um, I at the end? That was real. Yeah. Um, real there real. was a thing that came out not too long ago where she released some kind of interview about how their marriage was an open marriage their first several years, and it was very hard on them and almost destroyed their marriage or the, their marriage. So interesting. That's a thing that's pretty recent from the two of them. Feeny. She said it was New York. It was that time. It was really nor- normal in New York. They've been married a really long time. They have. So, that's just interesting in and of itself. Um, the good old days when you had open marriages in New York, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Um, so who is your MVP? That one's difficult. Um, I kind of want to go with Sean just because I think he's the funniest. Uh-huh. Um, maybe Feeney. either Sean or Feeney or maybe Eric. I Eric is fine in this. He kind of annoys me. I feel like last week we gave it to him because he was so great. Yeah. Yes, he's kind of the driving force behind a lot of the things in this episode. Um, I come to you with my hat in my hand. It's my hat. It's my, it's my hat. hand. It's very funny. It, it's my hat. It's, it's my hand. Um, yeah, Eric is Eric kind of annoys me a little bit in this episode. I'll I'll see that. I was really wanting Mr. Feeney. Um, I can do Feeney. If Sean was in it a little more, I just the whole like Phoenician mallet thing. Uh, how does you, he know? How does he know these things? You could get any woman with the world's first brain. Could I get Topanga? Oh yeah. <laughs> of course, Corey asks that. Um, yeah, Sean is a bit more of a duo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is just perfect Corey. Not that I want to give it to him, but it's like just the right way that I want to see him used. Yeah, it is, it's really good Corey. It, it, it's almost refreshing to see these two being good-natured idiots again. Uh-huh. Um, I do miss that. It, it's not like the, the Feeny test thing where they're whiny brats. Yeah. Um, they're just being idiots. Mm-hmm. It's a Philly shenanigan. Um, so it is good to see them together again. Um, but I, yeah, I think they're probably more of a duo, and we give it to one person. It's our own arbitrary rule. Mm-hmm. Um, the only time we ever broke that rule was for the mobsters. The mob, mobsters, yes. But they were one character. Yeah. And so we stand by that decision. But it, today it's Feeny. MVP Feeny. Boy meets world's first brain. World's first brain <laughs> makes sense to me. Boy meets the world. Boy meets the world's first brain. There it is. Wow, we did it. This is really starting to sound like one of them rap songs. It is. I feel like he tries to say something fast in that song and just doesn't get it out right. It's like this is why you do that acoustic guitar thing. Mm-hmm. You can't. You have no flow, Stephen. Stephen Cruz Chapman. And also, your educational rap flow is embarrassing to the art. Mm -hmm. But I have one one more thing to say about this. No! Sleep! Sleep! Sleep. No! No! No!
That's right. It's the Yeasty Boys. It's the Yeasty Boys, baby. Talk about all things bread. Yeah. And I come to you with some really good bread today, and I don't think we've ever talked about it before, and that is biscuits. Oh, biscuit. Have we ever talked about biscuits before? Surely we had, right? I don't know. But we've had a lot of snow days here. Mm -hmm. This week, I was telling Chance before the call, I inadvertently had a six-day weekend. Because um, we were out for three days, and then I took Friday off. Love and then that. it was a normal weekend. Um, but my wife, on one of those days, made some biscuits. Like homemade biscuits? Homemade biscuits. Oh. They were so good. We're a Pillsbury family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually we don't. We just don't do biscuits. It's like if we're going to do a bread, it's probably either a bagel or just some toast. Mm-hmm. But it's we made either. biscuits. Like buttermilk biscuits. So, so good. Um, Yeah. And then, then it was our anniversary. And so we go to get brunch. Um, Usually, like I just take the day off and the kids go to school. And so we go to eat sort of a late breakfast or brunch, as they call it, in the modern parlance. And uh, we went to this place called Neighborhood Jam. Um, Jam it on the one. Exactly. And, but I got what they, it's called a hot jam biscuit and has like a jalapeno jam on it. Um, and it's got all sorts of stuff, but it's just this biscuit that's containing the whole thing. Um, and biscuits are just pillowy, buttery goodness. They are. And we just need them in our lives. I'd love a good biscuit. American biscuit. Yeah. Not British ones. Yeah. Which are fine, but they're cookies. Mm -hmm. That's all they are. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Britain. Sorry, that's another Philomena Kunk thing where she's talking about um, the American Revolution <laughs> to like a American Revolutionary War specialist um, person, historian. And she's just like, what was the reason for the American Revolutionary War? Was it the fact that we, you call them cookies and we call them biscuits? Because I find in their relationship, it's those small things that start to grate after a while. I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> she's like, no, I don't think it's that. And it, it, it it's all. It's just very funny. I'm coming back to it. It's very funny, and I don't think you're appreciating me and the things that I'm bringing here. I'm going to find a video and I'm going to send it to you later. And you're going to watch it. You're going to think it's so funny. I, I have no doubt. No doubt. Good. In my mind. Um, but biscuits. Biscuits. They're great. I love biscuits. Mm-hmm. Love them with gravy. Love them without gravy. Love just to eat them. Meats, eggs, and cheeses, mm-hmm. jellies. Jams, butter, anything. Yeah. Biscuits are good. It's a canvas canvas for possibilities. Cheddar Bay biscuits? Cheddar Bay. We've definitely talked about those. We have, and I want them right now. We've eaten them on on the air. Twice. At least. Perhaps by the time this is over, thrice. Maybe. We'll never know. At this point, we'll never know. That's just because we don't plan things out. No, we don't. We had a pretty ambitious called shot, and we'll see if it happens. Oh, that's right. We do. I forgot. Oh no! I remember now. An ambitious called shot. If you don't remember, it's like did yes, the biggest. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about biscuits. Biscuits are good. I love that. I love that for. Mm-hmm. I also tried to bake some bread today, and it didn't go that well. So yeah, everyone online it, seems to think you overworked it. Whenever I whenever I do it right, I will let everyone know how. Yeah, you won't be able to do it right until I'm there and I can eat it. Mm-hmm. I You're cursed. That. Probably too much flour. A little overworked. We'll see. 
It seems to be the consensus. I'd, I'd believe it, because I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but it's fun. But that's that's all I have to say about bread. Do you have anything else to say about bread? Um, you should be like Peter and listen to your bread to see when it's done. Okay. What season is Peter on? I want to say it was the one right before the COVID lockdowns. Hmm. I don't think I've met him yet. I think I'm watching season seven right now. Let me see. Peter is my ultimate precious boy. Every season I'm watching, I'm like, who is Chance's ultimate precious boy again? And I've got three. And I say, I don't think that's the precious boy. Henry is one of my precious boys. Is he on? Which season's he on? Season seven? Um, let me the clear glasses. No, he always wore ties. Oh, is he the he sings in the choir? Did Henry sing in choirs? I don't know. I think, so. I think that's who. I think that's who he's in this season that I'm watching. Yes, he's very precious. Henry, if you're listening, come on the show. Help me with my bread. Um, hold on. This is Henry, my precious boy. I cannot see that at all. No. Let's try that one. Why is it so bright? It's just so bright. Hold on. I'll Based on the little blobs of color that I could see, I think that's him. Can you see now? Yes, Henry. Mm-hmm. He's one of my precious boys. And then the other, who I think is in a season or two after Henry. Oh, okay, yes. I have not encountered him yet. Okay. Um, but when there's, I do, one, there's one more in between the two. Well, I clearly haven't hit him either. Um, but he's fantastic. I forget his name. Probably Lionel or Liam or... Probably. Something British. George. Um, if you are new, I always tend to pick the youngest baker to be the person I root for in Great British Baking Show. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I just like to, to pick the... Because I feel like the young people are in the underdogs. Mm-hmm. That is true. So I always like to, I always like to pick them and then root for them the whole time. Okay, so this is collection seven. It's the one with Henry. Mm-hmm. So it must be nine that has Peter. I think there's someone I really like in eight, too. I just don't remember who they are. Well, whenever I get there, I'll say, who is it? I'll find the youngest one. Mm-hmm. A chance. Is this your sweet, precious boy? It's it's hard because the, our seasons are not the same as the British seasons. But mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been... It's yeah, been we started season seven or series seven. They're like, "This is our tenth season," and I'm like, "Hold on, that math doesn't check out. Those maths don't check out." I don't understand what you're saying. Does anyone else like? I understand. I understand why people don't love Matthew. But does anyone else kind of feel bad for Matthew? I don't. Sandy's great. Where did she go? <sighs> why did Sandy leave? I know that people don't like Matthew. I just... He liked Matthew. You liked Matthew? I mean, I didn't dislike Matthew, but now that he's been... Now that he's been bullied out, I'm just like, you weren't that bad. You weren't. All I'm saying is Noel and Sandy are such a great combo. They're right up there with the original two. I do. I I like Noel and Sandy. Noel is great. I love Noel. I just feel bad that he got bullied. Yeah, bullying's not great. Don't do it. But didn't didn't care for him as a presenter. A lot of people didn't. It's just me, who my bleeding heart. Apparently so. Um, but I'm going to close out this uh, Yeasty Boys because we've been talking about it for a while and haven't even talked about biscuits that much since we got onto the British biscuits. 
That's true. It's true. All right, close it. Okay. No. Sleep till Bobka. No. No. Sleep. Sleep till Bobka. Oh, there's the other guy. He's right there. He's right there. Okay. In the middle? Uh-huh. In the yellow shirt. He's from the series before Henry. I feel like I have seen that. He looks familiar to me. Oh no! That's he not the most, he's in the most recent season. Yeah, yeah, that's the most recent season. That's he's not the right one. Three. Chance, we put this behind us. We need to. We need to close out the episode. I suppose. Do you I have su- any other closing comments? Um, I don't want to watch next week's episode, and I want to skip it. Okay, I'm right there with you. Um, but we have to because this is our chosen lot in life. But next week is honesty night. The truth then, about honesty. There, yeah, but I don't care. It's honesty night, and I just don't. I don't wanna. Um, but the episode after it, where Corey keeps dreaming about killing Sean, I do wanna. Mm-hmm. Of course, you wanna. So well, we, we have to go through the valley to get to the mountaintop. Oh, I don't wanna. I'm so sorry. Maybe um, I, I do. I wasn't okay. looking forward to this week either, and I liked it. I don't know if I'm going to like next week. It's one I think that I don't care for. I would like to amend a statement that I made last week, and then we both kind of felt like that nobody was really listening anymore, because last month, turns out there were a lot of people that were listening. Oh, thanks, thanks, guys. I want to say thank you. We appreciate you. We appreciate um, we're glad, you. We're glad you're tuning in to the Midnight mm-hmm. Channel. That Cameron, you're going for Persona 4. We're not... We're not. We're thinking our listeners, not our players of Persona 4 Golden. I finally started it. It's a dream I've had for a long time. <sighs> so good. Um, maybe don't tune into the Midnight Channel. If you have superpowers and can go inside TVs, go ahead. Yeah, but I can't. I don't know. Never tried it. Guess we'll see. Probably not. Um, but I think that's all I've got. Other than to follow us on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Yeah, BG World at BG World Fever everywhere. Everywhere. All the places. All the places you could ever go. Oh, the places you will follow us on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Um, follow Cameron and his ba- bed b- bread baking journey. Yeah. On Twitter. I just hit 500 today. Cameron, I'm so excited for you. Thanks. It really means nothing in the grand scheme of things, but it feels nice. It does feel nice. It does. I don't have 500 people that follow me. You could. I, I made a great qu- Twitter take today. I don't even know if I saw it because Twitter kind of sucks right now. Yeah, no one saw my Twitter tweet, and I thought it was wonderful. Let's see. Yeah, you, read, you read it. And then we will be done. Chance Kins, Twitter take. Haven't told the Twitterverse yet. I got engaged last night. That's not it. Oh, that was my What is the purpose of the voice? Or what is the purpose of the voice if Adam Levine is not on it anymore? I always thought the whole purpose of the show was to mock Adam Levine as if, as he pretended to be a human. Was it not? Like, I liked it. I, I think that's a delightful Twitter take. I saw a clip from The Voice where a guy sang Prince Ali. What? Um, like from Aladdin? Aladdin? Yeah, from Aladdin. Um, <clears throat> and first off, everyone was a major fuddy-duddy and didn't... They were like all dancing along and excited, but no one turned. And when they turn, when they like got turned at the end, they were all like, "Oh, you have actual singing chops. You should have picked a better song." And I was like, "None of you are likable. I hate all of you." Who is it? I don't know. Random weirdo. Um, the voice. But I was watching. And I was like, "What is the point of this? Like, 
I don't. Why would anyone watch this? No one. No one would. Chance the Rapper and Niall Horan are joining the hosts. I don't know. There's Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani. No, they weren't on it. They and then John Legend and some woman. I know that's very helpful. Hold on. Let me see if I can. Let me look on the Wikipedia. Our listeners have all left by now, so it's fine. Yeah. Oh, I guess it was the Voice UK. Oh, that's probably why we don't know. Camilla Cabello, the hosts of season 22. Coaches. I did like when Shakira was on it. She's way too talented to be on it. BB Rexa was on it? Ariana Grande was? But none of these people are like powerhouse proven long time. I mean, Ariana's very talented. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, Kelly Clarkson, Alicia Keys. I mean, Adam Levine Levine is more AI than person, so Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure he could he could like help people technically because yeah he's AI. That's what they do. Here's my question: This show first premiered in 2011, 12 years ago, Uh and it's already on its 23rd season. And there's 545 episodes of this just nonsense. 545. And I, what are we doing as a country? We used to be a proper country. I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't understand. It's just, it makes no sense. None. No sense. Hey, listener, if you're still here, tweet at us. Tell us why. Do you watch The Voice? Why? I'm not judging you as a person. I kind of am. Maybe I am. I don't know. I don't want to be mean, but why? Yeah. I mean, now that the drama of like, can Adam Levine fool everybody into thinking he's human is over. Yes, Chance has a good take. Why? Why? Make it make sense. There was a video game? Well, of course there was a video game. There was a video game on the Wii and the Wii U and the PS3 and the Xbox 360. Yeah. Published by Activision. Of course it was. Wow. I think anyway, that's all I've got. Don't watch The Voice. No. It has no purpose anymore. <clears throat> don't do it. Anyway, um, I think that's all I've got. That's all I've got. So from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever, so long, world. So long, world.